You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now. here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But be sure to stay tuned with us so that you know our holiday schedule because we do switch things up just a little bit. And to keep you on top of that fun holiday schedule, be sure to download that Odyssey app, search Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, hit that auto download button so that those brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you. You also get these nifty notifications that say, hey, Kaylee and Casey have talked today and it's time for you to listen. So download the Odyssey app. You can also stream Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns on any of your favorite streaming platforms. They also give you notifications. Share with friends, family, and other football fans. And while the Bucks are figuring out their, their system, their team, their everything this year. We still bring you so much information that you're not going to want to miss. Guys, I'm Casey Hudson, joined by Kaylee Mizell, and it's time to sail into a brand new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning. Good morning. I'm feeling pretty good this morning. You you just brighten me up. You just bring so much jolly with your with your Christmas background and the fireplace. I'm just, I love it. It's it's no decor changes everything like changes your had a cute little setup and then i got to my mom's house and then it was like okay like the coffee kicks but then the decor makes me feel that much better so yeah i'm i'm a nerd put the jolly in jolly rogers this morning (laughs) in case anybody needed it please do look we've got all the things that you need to put a smile on your face but Hopefully everybody is having a great almost Christmas week. Is this considered Christmas week? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Sometimes when it falls I on guess that- it depends on like how you view Sundays. Like if Sunday is the end of the week for you. Well, I guess technically Sunday is the start of the week. So maybe technically <laughs> Christmas week is next week. But I mean, I feel like the week leading up to Christmas is always Christmas week. Yeah. <laughs> I love that our, our producer, my stress levels suggest it is Christmas week. And that is very true. Right. I will oh, say 100%. My stress levels would be through the roof if my middle sister wasn't like El Santa Claus this year. Like she's, she's so about going to the stores and not worried about parking, not worried about the rush, not worried about anything and getting everything for everyone. So I think like I can't ran her parade because she's like ready to run face first into the stress that's Christmas. So she's kind of carrying the, no, I don't feel stress. I don't even think my mom feels any stress. Oh, that's great. That's great. I feel less stressed today than I did yesterday. Yesterday I was feeling a little bit of pressure, but I called my friend and she, she made some, she made some moves for me. So I was able to uh, get in some last, last minute gifts. It's hard to buy presents when you're sick, you're stuck at home sick or you're sick, you know, taking care of your, your kid who's sick. 
So I like my, I haven't, I had to save my shopping for this week, which I normally don't do. I'm normally smarter than that, but I just got sick this year. Dang. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what that's like for everyone. And you think that online shopping is this huge help? Not, not, not unless you started. Not always. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I wonder if people are okay with just like postponing like IOU gifts or like being like, it's coming on January 3rd. Like, I wonder if that's offensive yet or if that's become a normality. Like it's, it's on a Yeah. It's a picture of the thing that you're getting that right. is not here yet. But I'll make yeah. you a strong coffee the morning of Christmas so that you don't realize that it's not here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, luckily, I'm not, I'm not printing off any pictures of fake presents. I got the real thing. Um, Casey, we, we have, we got a little bit of a real present this week in terms of the bucks, but before we get too far into the game, we have to do a few team updates. Yes. What you got for me in terms of team updates? Some, some, uh, well, this part, this part's not as magical or, um, as gift giving, Mm -hmm. but as you guys know, we, uh, we got to give it to you. So for starters, most of you who watched the game uh, and paid it and, you know, saw early in the first half, I believe it was Donovan Smith went out with an injury and uh, Brendan Walton had to go in for him with that said, um, I don't think we've got a full update on Donovan Smith yet, but what I will prepare fans for is the fact that this is also an offensive lineman that went out earlier in the year with a hyperextended elbow. That's a, a pain management injury. I wonder psychologically if, you know, he was still working through that pain management. And now that's, it's just kind of not re-irritated because they haven't said that it's the elbow or anything, but if he might just kind of like take his time, I don't know if that's, I don't want to put anything out there, but all that to say that Donovan Smith went, went down. We're going to get more information throughout the week. We know the guys have to get through practice. Typically today is when we get our first injury report. And there's no official update on Smith. So we know that they have to wait for swelling to go down for them to get an accurate MRI, X-ray, and all of the good stuff in between. So we will keep you posted on that. And if it's not in time for a new Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns episode, then it'll be on the Instagram and Twitter at Jolly Rogers TDS. Um, Other than that, Kaylee, most of the team news just kind of comes from the game, this big mm-hmm. game that they had on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium. Um, oh, yeah, Antoine Winfield Jr. did go out of the game as well. And Winfield Jr., they're saying that he just re-irritated the ankle injury that he was dealing with the last few weeks. That's extremely unfortunate. But that kind of goes back to something that Kaylee and I talk about a lot here on Jollers and Touchdowns, that these players want to be on the field so bad that sometimes, you know, they might rush their progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. is such a strong, strong guy. He, he loves football too. He just loves it. Yeah, I feel like it takes a lot to knock him out of the game. So to get a flare up, kind of, in, kind of implies to me that he wasn't a hundred percent to begin with, which is yeah. fine because you want to be there for your team. But we'll see how long that puts him out for. We know that he was out more than we expected initially with the ankle injury, and um, the Bucks get ready to have a Christmas showdown with. A struggling Cardinals team. I'm trying to think of who else went out during that game. But for the most part, significantly, it was Donovan Smith. And we know this offensive line can't take too many more changes, as well as uh, Winfield Jr. in that secondary. 
What I will say is that while Winfield went down in the secondary and we know that we don't want to lose any more bodies back there, um, the secondary showed up probably the most that they have in a couple of weeks, well over a couple of weeks. And it wasn't Antoine Winfield Jr. that held it down for these guys. Uh, Let's see if there's big update questions. No, I'd say the next biggest news is that the Bucks loss on Sunday didn't knock them out of playoffs. And Kaylee and I will dive more into that in a little bit. So let's get into Sunday's game. Yeah. Yep. And we got to start. We could start there. on a more positive note. We can start that on a jolly note. Let's yeah. go with that. So the jolly note being that the Bucks opened up against the Bengals, who were 9-4 and four at the time. We consider mm-hmm. them to be a team that could almost steamroll this Bucks, yeah. And that wasn't the case. No. For starters, they had one of the strongest first halves that they've had all season long. Yes. I think, here's the thing, there were two different tone setters, but it set two completely different tones. So... Yep. While we typically start with offense versus Bengals defense and kind of flip-flop from there, I feel like we have to kind of just open up in terms of the tone of the game and the mini tone mm-hmm. changes. Yeah, I think that, no, I think you're right because we've talked about it before. Momentum, it, mm-hmm. it's real and it can have an impact in the game. And we've seen with this team, sometimes good things happen and then that snowball keeps rolling. But sometimes for this team, bad things have happened and then that snowball keeps rolling. So Casey, I love, I love the kind of shifting because it did, it's like highs and lows, shifting gears, what happened. So Mm -hmm. let's start with some of the momentum swings and some of the tone changes in, in this game for sure. Absolutely. So we've got a 12 minutes and 26 seconds on the clock in the first quarter. It's so fun to to go between quarter and period and make sure I'm getting it right in this life. (laughs) guys and it's Carlin Davis that comes up with an interception so it's not like he stepped in the passing lane and made this like obscene interception but still this team we've been asking for turnovers a turnover was finally granted to us in this holiday season and it was it was CD3 that got it um I'm glad that it was him because he's such a driving force for this team he really does go out there and put it all on the field and it was time for somebody to collect back there and I'm glad that like, you know, the typical name that we keep throwing out in the mix there, but Carlton Davis gets this interception and it helps generate, you know, this momentum, this positive momentum initially. Um, oh, he had a great game, like in and of himself, too, Casey. Like, oh, yes. I know we'll get more into like our standout players and whatnot, but just like, yeah, Are definitely you- like love to see that from him and shout out to him for just like, yeah, like that's fiery starting off a game like that. That gets your emotions well, right into it. And to do it against a team that has a great record, that's on the yep. winning trajectory, that's starting to formulate and put the pieces together to be, I don't know, potentially another Super Bowl team or at least strong playoff run. So yeah. that's what made that momentum swing even stronger. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Bucks get the ball. They're driving. They're starting to do some things that fans and, and, uh, and media have been asking for for mm-hmm. weeks now, you know, you see some great things out of Mike Evans. You see some big things out of Chris Godwin. You see a guy named Kate Otten for a hot second. And they get into the red zone and decide to go for a field goal rather than they, they decide to collect three points versus um, taking the risk to go for seven. 
Yeah. And there was a lot of issues with that via Twitter and, you know, processing this game after the fact, because if you would have taken the risk versus the potential reward that you would have gotten at that point, they would have extended their lead enough to maybe stay in it. I don't know. I'm not saying that they would have. I'm just saying the thought process that goes around this. Um, well, it kind of, I mean, again, in talking about tone and momentum, Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of momentum that is killed right there when that happens. When the play call yeah. is, yeah, let's kick a field goal. It's like, oh, we just did this amazing thing. We just drove down the field. We just were here. Like, let's maybe go for like, it. It's enough in the game to see if this will pay off. Or I wonder yeah. if sometimes you don't realize that, like, taking those risks in games would kind of maybe lessen the blow of a loss at the end. Maybe. Yeah. No, you know? I think it, I think it would. I mean, like, let's see. They're a third and three. They get one yard, so they're at four, fourth and second. And they actually, on fourth downs, this they Bucks team has actually converted. Like, they have a pretty mm-hmm. strong percentage on fourth down conversions. But they um, are to take that risk. So, yeah, I just – I think that – sets and that is another tone setter and it kind of plays into some of the questions that we've had over the last few weeks which is like how confident is this coaching staff in the offense right do they believe in the offense is that why the play calling or some of the moves that we're seeing are a little more conservative that they're not that they're waiting until the end of the game to you know do anything that is risky you know I mean I I think football is a sport where like yeah you have to take risks but a lot of like if you take a calculated risk then a lot of times it can pay off perfect word a calculated risk and that's what I mean by the timing of the game whether or not that would have been worthwhile because when you look at this game and how many fourth downs they decided to go for you know they went for three they converted two out of three at 67 percent yet you did that later on in the game. You didn't do that yeah. early in the game where this team's like, all right, we can get that back. So calculated risk, I think, is the most imperative thing there because they're choosing to take risk at these weird times during the game or always trying to pull it out of their pocket last minute. And it's like the clock's going to beat you, which in, which overall makes you beat yourself. If you would take these risks early on, you at least have time to get back in a game. They, they yeah. were I think that's the hard part is like whenever you compare what they did here Mm -hmm. and then you look at like the fake punt later in the game, you're like, you didn't, you wouldn't have had to do that. And it was a botched fake punt for multiple reasons. Yeah. But it's like, this is to me it starts here. This sets a little bit of a tone of take the easy points. We're not going to push. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a little too conservative for, I think what the Bucks can do. Mm-hmm. We've seen them be able to drive. Um, and I don't want to like be talking out of the both sides of my mouth. Like I, I, I do think that there is a reality of like win the game, but I think sometimes taking a calculated risk will help you win the game. Right. Um, so, but I think a lot of times what I've said is like, they they have been overly conservative. They have they haven't gone for it on on times when I think that they should have. Um, yeah. And I think that that has cost them a, 
games, multiple games this season. I think that's cost them significantly. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the players and coaches are fully aware of that. Um, Cause as we mentioned in this first half, the bucks were finally in control. Uh, yeah. They haven't been able to string together four quarters of football this entire season. Everyone's fully aware of that. I just think that in terms of going back to that momentum conversation, they didn't capitalize off of the momentum that Carlton Davis established in the top of the game. Uh, they go for the field goal. Then they finally start making way. Then you've got Donovan Smith that goes out. Um, you've got Mike Evans, who finally you see in the first half. We haven't seen yeah. Mike Evans in the first half in the game in like three weeks. But he ends up rounding off this game with only 83 receiving yards tied with Chris Godwin. Everybody knows one problem that I'm going to say. I've said it every week. I am the broken jukebox that just won't die. You can remove my batteries and I'm still squeaking out of the corner of your house. Kate Otten, I, I like he Where's makes a catch. He makes a great catch. He bullies for some extra yards after the catch. Um, you some people on Twitter talking about, you know, he, his his yak ability, yards after catch. And then he just disappears. So they didn't wait to pull him in in the second half. They pull him in the first half. I'm that idiot that goes on this tweeting rampage like, finally, Kate Otten in the first half to never see him again. I think if I tweet things, they do the complete opposite of it. So I'm going to try tweeting something. Reverse different. psychology. Reverse psychology. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna flip the script on Christmas Day and see if this helps this team at all. But, yeah, as soon as I get excited to see K-Dot and a guy who helps this team, he is he's a ghost. He's Casper. You don't see him anymore. He completely disappears, which just goes back to that strategy conversation, goes back into that, that coaching conversation. And while I'm sick of harping on the coaching staff and the same old, same old that they do week in and week out, that to me feels like a momentum blow. When you have a player who's helping contribute to the team and he's not as easy to mark as, you know, Chris Godwin or Russell Gage, it gives you a different element to your game when you involve your tight ends. I don't even know if Coquif was seen at all this game or a part of this game. Mm -hmm. And then Cameron Brake gets a pass and it gets broken up. And then it's like, that was the end of his day. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I think I calculate and tally all of that to momentum losses. I think that you're working against your team when, when you stop doing that stuff. And so I feel like that took the wind out of their sails coming into the second half. Obviously, we're going to talk about the big thing that everyone says was a momentum shifter, which is that uh, punt fake. I don't know why I want to call it something different. The field positioning, extremely unfortunate. Joe Burrow using his legs, extremely unfortunate. But I will say this, their secondary showed up again because they broke up a huge potential touchdown. But it goes back to weighing on the defense, putting this this entire potential victory on the defense's back and them having yeah. to shut the four quarters, which is exhausting. Yeah, it's, I think it's like, I mean, this is a game where it's like easy to say it's the tale of two halves, you know, they, oh, yeah. I don't think that the Bucks always took advantage in the first half while they did own the first half. And while their offense played significantly better than we've seen them play, um, I, I thought this was going to be a much more low scoring game. Like I, I wasn't oh. overly confident coming into this game. Uh, you guys heard it in my prediction. I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad that the offense had something else in them. And, and still, even in that first half, there were some things that didn't happen that, you know, maybe sh should have like, you know, the missed field goal and the, maybe the field goal that should have been a touchdown or whatnot. Right. right. Like the, both of those things, 
can change the game. But then you come out in the second half and, it, and it immediately it's like this, you know, a fake punt situation. And it just it like it feels like that sets the tone for the second half, because then after that, it's just turnover, 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 right. you know, but like but you know that takes us back to Kaylee. Yeah, that takes us back to a conversation you and I he- had here on Jolly Rogers about the fact that this team has to be able to shake off bad plays because yeah, the reality of everyone getting so upset and frustrated with the fake punt situation and the lack of answers. Um, and we're not even here to place blame on anyone or get into that whole thing. But the bottom line, <laughs> when you look at this, removing your emotion from the situation is they were still 17 and three. They yeah. were still in it. They were still in control. They were still yeah. in the driver's seat. So yeah. I think it goes beyond that situation. On your home, like on, yeah, home field, home territory, like in front of your crowd. Like this is still your I game to lose to a higher situation of the most of, a, of the emotional and mental capacity of this team right now. So while everybody wanted to go bonkers about whose fault it was and what the miscue was, the bottom line is that they weren't in the driver's seat by three points. Mm-hmm. It was still a 17 and three game. You couldn't yeah. shake off a situation like that when you have a lead of 17 and three to, to, to secure the win, to move forward. I thought that was part of the whole professional level and mentality, not just the pace of the game. Not no, the- I mean, I think that is get off. Yeah. I, I, I think like part of the and move along a hundred percent. Part of the reason of, of being a prof- part of what makes a professional athlete better than the rest. Like it, it's not just skill, but it's mentality. You right. have to be able to be tough. You have to be able to like, screw something up and then yeah exactly what you're saying Casey shake it off like Mm -hmm. my husband played college baseball and he says all the time like he would like everybody has their own little thing but he would like if he made a bad play if something happened he literally would like dust himself off like fake dust himself off and then like go back into it and it's like you do whatever you need to do I don't care if it looks silly or I don't care what your ritual is I don't care but like you have to be able to mentally get over whatever that was and move forward because if you're going to let that one thing ruin the rest, like you're already beat, you've already lost, you've yeah. already lost in here. So of course you're going to lose on the field. You should have just, you have to be able to win in here before you went out there. Yeah. And it's and the, and of all the lessons that this team could have learned this season, that should have been one of them. Oh, That's your memory. I we, we talked about the dog in the chest, and I made a joke about seeing a fish in the chest. But at this point, I rather see the fish because Dory has that short term memory, and they needed it because I don't understand oh, yeah. how you get so overwhelmed and and engulfed in this in this fake punt situation when you are leading seventeen to three, and then you give up a game to lose significantly. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to what we said, Casey, going into this game. Don't beat yourselves. Don't beat yourselves. And, and that's what it is. Like if you're going to let something bad that happens, get in your head, you've already beaten your, the other team doesn't have to do anything. Right. You beat yourselves. And that's, I mean, Casey, like you're, you're right. That's what happened because they got in their head. I mean, it's not like the Bengals were like doing anything and cr- crazy. The mm-hmm. Bucks beat themselves in the second half. They do the, 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 the botched fake punt. Okay. That happens. 
but they can't move on. Then there's an interception. Then there's a fumble. Then there's a fumble. Then there's an interception. And at that point, it's 27-17. And it's like, how did the game get that out of hand? How? You went from you went from 17 to 3. You're in control of the game. Mm-hmm. And then one botched thing happens, but then after that, you turn the ball over one, two, three, four times in a row because you can't get your brain right. And yep. now it's 27-17. You beat yourselves. The Bengals didn't even have to do anything. They just had to stay on the field, honestly. Because then, yeah. on top of beating themselves mentally and not getting over that fake punt hurdle situation and then all the turnovers that you just explained – these guys collected 58 yards of penalties. What's one thing that we said in the preview last week, Kaylee? Let's try not to get over 30 yards this week, guys. Yeah. Oh, no, let's, no, no. Try. let's try not to get over 30. That was a huge ask. Yeah. Actually, they decided 58 yards was going to be this week's tally. Seven penalties, 58 yards. Let's just continue to gift these guys the game. They were in the Christmas spirit ahead of time. They decided. Yeah, it's, it's so frustrating, Casey, when you look at it because – Aside from aside, like turnovers aside, this team statistically, like they they still owned the game. Yeah. They had twenty five first downs to the Bengals, just twenty. They were like uh, the, about the same efficiency on third down as the Bengals. On fourth down efficiency, they were two for three. Also, should have been three for four and should have gone for it in the first, you know, the first drive. Uh, I still stand by that. Uh, (laughs) They only allowed one sack. They got two sacks. They only had to punt once. The Bengals had to punt four times. I mean, part of that is turnovers, but still I'm just saying like statistically speaking, when you run through like first downs and efficiency and all the, like the Bucks offense, they played okay until they just let it get in their head. And it's just, I don't know whether it's a Tom Brady thing. I don't know whether it, it, it's just, it's just this, it, they don't seem confident in themselves. Casey, this is not a, that's why I said a few weeks ago, like I want to see a dog in the chest. I just want to see a group of confident players that has that like edge of that has that swag. You yeah. can't beat me. I'm good. You're not going to get in my head. I'm better. Th- I want to see a team that has that swag and this team, offensively speaking, they don't have it. They don't have it. No. I, I, I can't really point to any single person and say, consistently this person has swagger and goes out there and plays like, like they're a confident player. None right. of them. None of them. And the hard part, too, is I know where the conversation starts next after that. <clears throat> it's, you know – Tom Brady, his arm, his ability, and the turnovers they started to collect on. I I think we're hitting, I think we're sounding the alarm on an issue that's not there quite yet. And this is why. Because if you look at the protection that he's had, the completion percentage that he has still been able to rise to most games and where that interception and turnover rate is, Brady just started turning over the ball. He's been able to protect the ball for the most part in the situation in the situational football that he's been playing. He's been able to protect that football most of the season against some pretty tough opponents. 
So if you look at his interception rate last year versus this year, he's trying as hard as not to have that ball go, you know, work against him and, and, and collect those turnovers. But that's where we forget how much of a team sport this is. Is there going to be bad throws? Yeah, but he's still one of the least – he's still one of the quarterbacks in the league that are barely turning the ball over and, and racking up on those bad throws. It happens. I think that everyone, because of the frustration revolving around this team, gets so hyper-focused on one thing because they want it to be the answer. And it's clear as day, week in and week out, that it's not one thing. It's not Tom Brady and his arm. It's not just the offensive line. It's not just the health of these wide receivers. It's not just the defense not showing up for four quarters. It's not the offense not showing up for a half. It's so many different components. But the biggest one is always going to circle back to number numero uno in my brain. The mentality of this team is not there. This 100%. team weeks ago. They checked out weeks ago. So no matter what happens, no matter what great strides they make, this team is mentally so far gone. Like nobody's residing in Tampa Bay right now. Everybody is elsewhere. And it's very hard to keep this team in unison, in sync, on the same page for more than like 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's not going to go anywhere. We're seeing so many great comebacks in football and and, in all these other things that this team is capable of. And they shouldn't have been in a comeback position on, on Sunday, but they could have done it. And I think that everyone's getting too hyper focused on one or three parts of a very long game. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it, I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's it, it, to me, it comes back to mentality as well. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I hate that. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but like it, I feel like Bruce Arians came in and he started changing the culture. Yeah. Because there was, uh, there was a little bit of like a defeatist, like defensive, you know, Twitter happy culture uh, on, on the Bucks before Bruce Arians came in, where people were not taking responsibility for themselves. They were not taking accountability for themselves. If they did something wrong, it was always someone else's fault. Um, and then they were like going out and chirping on on Twitter, and and I feel like Bruce Arians came in and he said, "No more. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to take accountability for our own selves." We're not going to sit here and chirp people on Twitter and and just run our mouths. We're going to show up on the field and we're actually going to play. We're not going to sit here and be defeated in our own, our own minds before we even step on the field. We're going to be strong mentally. I don't see any of that since Arians stepped down as a head coach. No, I I don't see any of that anywhere. I think the checkout is too much of an option for these players. And I don't think it would have been a thing with Coach Arians. I th- I agree with you 100%. Uh, and, and, and so I think that's the thing that is so frustrating is because, again, we've said it all season long. You look on paper, and this is a really good team. This is a really good team. They can do a lot of really good things, and they're not. And so you, you say to yourself, well, why? And it's like mentality. That changes everything. That changes everything. Like you can look at, I'm like, not to like go on a diatribe here, but like you can look at scientific studies, like the way that you present yourself, the way that you talk, the confidence you have, like that can change your entire life. And I'm not just talking about like hooey booty, you know, like weird, like, you know, oh, say affirmations every day and you'll never get sick. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is like, if you go around being confident and like act confidently, confidence usually shows up. 
Right. Even if you're not feeling it, like if you go into a situation and you like present something confidently, it usually kind of comes around and you start to then feel because you're not always going to feel confident. You start to then feel confident. You start to feel more confident in yourself and whatever you're doing. Right. That is what I'm talking about. This team doesn't have that. They're not like there is a reality of like sometimes you got to fake it before you make it. Like that's true. Ask other athletes, talk to sports psychologists. They Mm -hmm. say those things. That's real. And so it's just frustrating because I think like, I feel like since the beginning of the season, what's happened is like, there's a few bad things that happen and then the team gets in their head. I mean, starting with, you know, the the injuries, right? Like, you know, your veteran center goes down a few days into training camp and it's like before before you even give the guy a shot, everybody's already feeling defeated in their own brains. Like, Oh, this this isn't going to be good. Oh, Tom Brady's like the pass protection is going to be terrible. And Tom, Tom's not going to like it. And all everyone's before they even try it. And that has, to me, that has happened this entire season, the whole season through. And that's the biggest problem with this team. It's not actually what's happening on the field because that can be easily remedied if they change their mentality. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Starts with the mental muscle. And, well, we can't sit there and tell these guys, hey, you're so talented. Pull it together and get your head out of your butt. Um, we can give give some kudos, give, give some doubloons. Yeah. I've showed up. So let's pivot to some standout players as we – continue to hope <laughs> that this team has has a little bit more grit in them to get through this season in a little bit more of an entertaining fashion. So offensive standout player and defensive standout player. You can start with defense, Kaylee, because I think I know who you're going to pick. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that first go. Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of sung his praises a little bit early on Carlton Davis. Yeah. You set the tone for the team, man. Like you go out there, you, he also had, Six solo tackles, one interception, the most of solo tackles of anybody else on his team. He had a game for himself. He yeah. went out there and he set the tone. He went out there and he put his mind right. Like he did what he was supposed to do. He did his job and he did it well. And he looked good doing it. Like I, I yeah, just um, so many kudos to him. I loved to see him shine and uh, super happy for him. Um, yeah, he just he had a great game. Carlton Davis. He, of course, has to be my standout player. Some maybe some extra co- Christmas cookies go his way because <laughs> uh, because he uh, he he definitely did did the thing. You know, he did the thing that we've been asking for 
for so long. And, he stayed and in I do it. think that set the tone. Yeah. And I think he stayed in it too. So even yeah. when people started to mentally fall apart, he still wanted a part of him still had that dog in him and yeah, but it's a team sport. Everybody's got to keep that dog. Um, defensively for me, it's going to have to be Mike Edwards. Um, I feel like he finally kind of came to life a little bit more in this game. Um, and we were kind of seeing glimmers of that guy who was so present weeks one through four and five. It's a, the building point is kind of past you, <laughs> but at least when you know that a guy like Carlton Davis is going to show up and Mike Edwards is kind of getting his feet back underneath him and, and that grit back in his game, it's a good look for at least the rest of the schedule that this team has and hopefully can build off of adding more turnovers to the tally there. So I like what I saw out of Edwards on Sunday. I would obviously love to see him build more off of that. And I think that him and Carlton Davis are, they feed off of each other. You know, I mean, Keanu Neal was in the mix there too, but as soon as Davis got that interception, he was swarmed by his teammates, but you saw him feed so much into Edwards and Keanu Neal, which are two other guys that really do try to go out there and put their heart on the field and, and stay in it mentally for four quarters. So I'm going to go with Edwards for defense offense. Yeah. It's a toughie. Um, I almost want to go basic, but I'm not going to go basic. I'm going to go Chris Godwin. He had a beautiful big catch. So this team actually racks up in the column for medium catches. Typically over the last four games, it was their deep passes that almost beat out short pass, medium pass, medium pass was, was the key go-to in a game where they put probably played the most play action ever. I think I saw 14 play actions and 10 completions out of that play action. But as we know, um, they don't stick to anything good in this, in, in this uh, team. But with that said, I feel like we saw how much this opens up the team, how much this opens up the players. We saw glimmers of confidence out of play action, but there was a beautiful big pass to Chris Godwin, uh, and he's just been in the thick of it. He has been a, a grinder. While some people don't feel like he's in the form of, of the player that he was last season, I say in the time frame that he bounced back um, to deal with a whole different injury, or it could have been simultaneous, but to deal with an injury still in the beginning of this season and to show up for the team the way that he has, he's led in receptions most games in the past couple of weeks. Um, I would just, Chris Godwin's got to be my offensive standout player. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Um, he, he, I mean, yeah, the fact that he led the team in yards and I, I love that. My standout player is, is actually going to be Russell Gage. Casey, I don't know if it's cause I'm just getting over a sickness, but I feel like for like a really long time, we hadn't really heard his name called. Like, I, I, I don't think that I've seen him very much in the stat sheet. <laughs> I kind of forgot about Russell Gage. I was like, yeah. Oh, like, Oh yeah, he is a receiver as well. Like we have him. That's great. Like we yeah. should use him more because he he does good. Like he does like, things like getting two touchdowns and 59 yards in a game. Like we should we should utilize him more. He's 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 an okay player, you guys. Um I don't know if you guys forgot about him like I did, but uh <laughs> I forgot about him because the offense they weren't using him, you know? But if you use him, he does, he does good things. So maybe you should use him more. Yeah. So Russell Gage has to be it for me. I think that, um, you know, it, I think it's been a spotty season for him, you know, between injuries and consistency and, and I mean, a spotty season for the whole offense, but I'm glad to see that he, that he had some cons consistency this game and that he was able to get into the end zone a few mm -hmm. times, able to bring his team some pride. Um, 
So I, I, for that reason, I think he's going to be my standout player. I like that choice. I like that one too, because he has dealt with a lot of injuries. There was a lot of pressure on him going into the season with Brady basically saying like he needs to come in and be useful or, you know, go one job coming in. And I don't think he had a chance to really prove that quite yet. Uh, But we'll see what plays out over these next handful of games that the team has to close out the season before we get into a playoff conversation, which takes us into some, uh, some power rankings, Kaylee. This is yep. more entertaining week four, five, and and six. Now it's just like, well, did they move or did they stay? Yep. Yep. So Let's, uh, if you know the tune. <laughs> uh, it's always interesting to see where they're going to be. They did move. Up or down. They moved down. Mm-hmm. So the Bucks are now ranked 22. Last week, they were ranked 18 uh, weeks prior to that. They were like sitting at 16 for, for, uh, for two, two, for I think two weeks in a row. So they were like 16, 16, 18, and now 22. So getting lower, six and eight. Um, so the Bucks are 22. Looking at the top, uh, top teams, it's, uh, it's the Eagles, the Bills. Chiefs Bengals now at number four, which they moved up from number seven. The Niners, the Cowboys at six, Vikings at seven, Dolphins eight, Chargers nine, and Ravens at number 10. Casey, I, I think it's a fair ranking. I mean, it's lower than I was expecting, but also, I mean, there's six and eight. So what are you going to do? I mean, that's true. Record-wise, it you know, it, it starts to make sense. Game review-wise, like 18 to 22 feels a little harsh. I know yeah. that they're exciting to watch these days, but still, they had a strong well, first moved, half. Not consistency. Yeah, they moved the Browns up from 24 to 20. They moved the Packers up from 20 to 19. Because the Packers beat the Rams, like so did the Bucks. Yeah, so it's the Jags moved up from 19 to 16. Those are like the big move. Oh, and the Lions moved up ah, from 17 to 12. The, the sneaky Lions. They moved up from 17 to 12. Oh, and the Giants moved up from 16 to 11. Yeah. So um, I think I yeah, there's been there's a there's a few shuffling things. Yeah, it does feel a little harsh. But I don't know. Maybe maybe the maybe harsh will be good. Maybe a wake up call is what they need. I think what what's what like it's a good thing and a bad thing, Casey, because as we as we journey into sail into the south, um, it's a good thing and a bad thing because the Bucks still sit atop the NFC South, wild. which is wild, <laughs> seeing how this division is. I mean, and and we're like legitimately in for like a a real playoff race. Um, the Bucks are six and eight, but the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons are all five and nine. So it's like the Bucks are not like oh they're so they're not no they're just one game ahead of these other three teams. They still have two more games to play uh, against both the Panthers and the Falcons um, to really solidify lock down the division 
Um, but it's but it's one of those things where it's like I think mentally can also be funky because they're good enough to make it to the playoffs, partially because their division just sucks so bad. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's they don't have to change yet, you know? It's like they're not being forced well, to change because they're not really threatened with not making the playoffs. I'd have yes. To, yes and no. Only because nerve-wracking okay. wise, the Falcons outplayed them even though they beat the Falcons last minute. Yeah. And that was with Marcus Mariota in the pocket. Now they switched out their quarterbacks. So game planning is going to be different. We've seen backup quarterbacks completely steal the show versus this team. So that's, that's true. Um, and then it's stopping the run game from the Falcons. The Falcons have stayed in a lot of tight contests. They just haven't been able to cross the finish line. And the team, obviously, with the quarterback switch up, thinks that that's due to the efficiency of their QB. Then you've got the Panthers, who out of nowhere have this massive run game, as well as this defense that's kind of showing up a bit better. And then the Bucks defense, even though they they tend to do good things here and there, they're they're dwindling out a little bit in the in terms of rankings. They're sitting so low. Um, so totally losable games for the Bucks here between the Falcons and the Panthers. That's the scary reality of this really bad division. Really bad, really bad NFC South. Um, so bad. Yeah. So if they can't show for four quarters, then that's going to really hurt them versus two teams that can, I mean, the Panthers already beat them. The Falcons could have and should have beat them. And I'm sure they have the Bucks number to say that they can do that. And to be down by one win, um, they can surpass them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Casey, it's, it's a little scary and uh, we're going to get a little bit more into what some of the next few weeks look like. But Casey, before we go, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the opposite of the, the 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 joyous spirit of Christmas. Do you have a walk the plank? Oh man, I feel like my walk the planks are getting so similar because yeah, I think mine are this. Well, I, I think I gave a preemptive walk the plank, which was don't shoot yourself in the foot, don't beat yourself, right. and right. they did. So that's my walk the plank. That's easy peasy for me. I said don't shoot yourself in the foot, and you did walk the plank. <laughs> you did walk the plank. Um, gosh, mine, mine is just, mine is still the same thing. Just reminding people on Twitter and stuff to just relax. Like we're getting so caught up in this, in, in games and in industry that we're really forgetting about what, you know, what our words and our actions, how they play out and how they linger. And I can't say that enough. I mean, honestly, I would feel like a, like an a-hole if I had a platform the way that I do. And I sit there and support things that I know are just over the top. Like, yeah. We all have a job to do. That's fantastic. Do your job, but also do it reminding yourself that when the lights aren't on, the cameras aren't on, the Twitter's not going, 
and everybody has to kind of sit with themselves, they're sitting with those final thoughts and those final words that you're putting in their head or your final actions that they have to sit there and now replay over and over again. So in a time where we talk about mental health and we try to give it more of a safe place, we're also kind of working against it because we're part of the problem. So there's a way to matter. Exactly. A way to do your job. And then there's also be like cross this line because at the end of the day, this person already has to go sit with what they did wrong or what they didn't do. Or there's already a conversation that has so many layers to it that they have to be in attendance of and us pushing the matter isn't going to change what's going to happen there. So my walk the plank is just the fact that guys remember that, you know, there's a job, there's a line that shouldn't be crossed. And there's also a humanity that needs to be protected regardless. The human part needs to be protected. I love that you said that just reminding people in this holiday season that like we all are, we're all humans. Like Mm -hmm. we all make mistakes no one is like sitting out on Twitter, like tearing you apart for a mistake that you made in your job. And I get it. Yeah. That these are, you know, athletes and, you know, we, we watch them perform and all of this stuff, you know, but they're also humans and they deserve respect and dignity at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. there's a difference between saying, hey, do your job better you lost, or get some more confidence like Casey and I are saying. Mm-hmm. And then berating someone and belittling someone and making them feel like less of a human. So Casey, thank you so much for that reminder. It's, it's a necessary reminder, um, in this season. So, um, take it to heart, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. Let us know what are you guys doing for, for the holiday season and what plans do you have in store for this exciting Christmas matchup that the Bucks have, we will holiday and work balance. James and I were talking about that earlier. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling to be in holiday mode and work mode, but we're yep. here. We're doing it. Sorry, Kaylee, I had to throw that out there. I'm like, no, of course, of course. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Enjoy time. Enjoy like try to find that balance, like Casey mm-hmm. said. Try to find some time with your loved ones. Um, you know, it, it's, it's between the sickies and everything else. We're all in the trenches right now. And so we all need just a little bit of extra dose of empathy, compassion, all of that goodness to go around, um, and to be jolly in the holiday spirit. Thank you, Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans for listening. You can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast, but the best place to go is the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, turn on the auto download button, and anytime we have a new podcast, it will come straight to your phone. Just waiting for you, the latest and greatest in Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the support.